you talk about the sundowning and everything, everything was just worse. Okay. Like he'll be in front of you and just have like a crazy moment and start sweating. It was nuts. An example I'll give with that is that once I was there, came to Florida, happy to see him, whatever. I'm sitting down. He was a little disheveled, but I'm like, I'm here. So whatever I can handle, whatever. And he kept hearing him talk to himself like, oh, y'all think I'm playing? My man came in the kitchen, came back with a knife, brought it over to me. Whoa. Ready to jooks me up like, y'all think I'm playing? I jump up. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, let me tell a story. And I was like, yo, dad. I'm like, calm down. And he was just out of it. Like, he didn't know anything. So I walked out the house, closed the door, locked the door, stood outside for a second, called the home attendant. Because I was like, I'm going to watch him. I'm going to chill, you know? And then, like, 15, 20 minutes later, we open the door. He comes out. He looks at me, calm. He was like, you see that guy right there? That's the nicest guy ever. Pointing to me. Parenting O, Caregiving Adventures with Comedian Jay Smiles, is the intense journey of unexpectedly being fully responsible for the well-being of my mama. For almost a decade, I've been chipping away at the unknown, advocating for her, and pushing Alzheimer's awareness on anyone and anything with a heartbeat. Spoiler alert, I started comedy because this stuff is so heavy. Be ready for the jokes. Caregiver newbies, OGs, village members trying to just prop up a caregiver, you are in the right place. Hi, this is Zeddy. I hope you enjoy my daughter's podcast. Is that okay? Today's episode, Rolling with Resistance, a chat with Omar Hamilton. I cannot believe this. Is it really true? Is it really true? Do I have Omar the Big O Hamilton on the Parenting Up podcast? In the building. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. This is going to be a special one, family. This is going to be a very special one. So I'm going to be honest. Y'all know we keep it real here. Omar and I met at the Mecca, Howard University. H-U. You know. Omar and I met over our love of hip-hop. I mean, if you know anything about Howard University, then that's it. I could tell all of you, you're welcome. The, the, The cultural initiative. Absolutely. You're from New York. Bronx, New York. Born and bred. Born and raised. Right, but your roots are? Oh, my family is from Jamaica, West Indies. I'm actually the only one in my immediate family born in the States. Everyone else is born in Kingston, Jamaica. I love it. And that flavor comes through with you and your entire family. I think that helps you keep it real when you're talking to us. Mm-hmm. We're going mm-hmm. to share today about your dad. Yes. And yes. I think that this is super special because so often when we're talking about caregivers, the story is about not a guy. It's usually really? a woman. Yep. Whether the loved one is a mom, a dad, an uncle, or auntie, whatever, typically the caregiver is a sister. And now we got you. And so that's going to make your story that much more powerful. I happen to know quite a few men who are caregivers, but by and large, in the marketplace, mm-hmm. I think you guys make up like less than 20% of what has been charted and followed so that's interesting i actually had a friend that was like i need to have a daughter so somebody could take care of me when i'm older that's hilarious let's talk about your father how you came to realize that something was happening that made you have to get involved so that's where i want to start but 
all my listeners know I like to take it back and forth. Storytelling uh, excites me. I'm not real big on a linear life, on a linear story. I, hell, I didn't. Le- I haven't led a linear life, so why would I tell a linear story? So, but let's start with. Your dad was living in New York. He was living yeah, independently. So my dad was out here. He wasn't living too far from me in the Bronx, New York. And my dad is a man's man. And he was, you consider him the patriarch of the family. You know, when he walks into the room, everyone is like, hey, and smiling. And, you know, the men dap him up and the women, you know, want to be with him. And he's charming them. You know, that's dad throughout the years. So he retired and he owned a nice home and investment Hold on, home. pause. Is that is that where you get it from? Uh, ladies, I have honest. to tell you, I have to tell you, ladies, uh, there have been out. quite a few who've been trying to make, who've been trying to uh, <laughs> get caught by Omar. Anyway, moving on. This is a caregiver. <laughs> this is my, about caregiving. My, my, my dad is a lot more charming than I am. That's scary. You know? That's yeah, scary. It is. It actually is, you know. Okay. So, you know, I just, I would, he lived close to me, so I'd always stop by. We always talk in, whatever the case is. Like, we're really close, you know? Then I just noticed him slowing down a little bit. So I said, you know what? Let me have, on top of me stopping by, let me make sure I have weekly dinners with him. So Sunday dinners was locked in, he and I. I'm like, I'm coming by Sunday. He was always an amazing cook. So I would stop by the house. But when I would stop by, he would always keep me in a certain section. And the first warning sign is that he had an investment home, but the investment home, no one was living in. So there's a basement, first floor, second floor, third floor. And he was staying in the basement. So there's three floors he could have rent out and he should have been really raking stuff in. So I'm like, oh, whatever. And I would come there and at first he would keep me kind of like upstairs, you know, in one of the empty apartments. So we'd sit and have dinner, he'd bring up the food, what have you. And yeah, yeah, so he would keep me in a certain part of the house. So I just kept asking him, because I know he said he wanted to move to Florida. So I'm like, what's up with Florida? He's like, yeah, I want to go. And I'm like, he was dragging his feet. So I said, I will do the legwork. Because my mom and stepdad are already down there. My aunt, his sister, I have a bunch of aunts. You know, like I said, before, so many aunties, like Kanye said, we could have an auntie team. So I was <laughs> That's like, all right. right. It would, it would, it's a better support system down there. You know, so I'm like, I'm going to get him to Florida. So I said, dad, how much you owe on this house? He was like, oh. So pause one second. Your dad on his own was talking about moving to Florida. Yeah. So this this is is prior to any signs. Well, exactly. at least you weren't aware of any decline. It's just, hey, I'm getting older. I want to move down to Florida with my relatives. It's warmer. Life is easier. Why not? Exactly. Got it. Exactly. You know, so I was like, all right. I was like. Give me all your paperwork. I'm like, how much you owe in this house? And he was like, oh, just like the paper said 30-something thousand. I'm like, oh, dad about to cake off. This house <laughs> worth something. We sell it. I, I know, that's right. Party. Travel. I was like, oh, man, pop's going to live good. Then I came to the house the next week. And I was like, how much you owe at this house again? Just random. At that time, I forgot. He was like, the paper said 300,000 something. I was like, hold up. We went from three thirty thousand to three hundred thousand. I was like, we added some zeros. That's the wrong direction, like, Dad. That is yeah, the wrong, wrong direction. direction. I was like, here's the thing. I'm coming here next week. I want all your paperwork. Have it all laid out for me when we have dinner next week. Next week I came. I took the paperwork. It was three hundred thousand. I brought it to my attorney. Also, we looked it over, and my heart, my heart just shattered because I realized something was wrong. You know, I was like, he went from that to that and he took out a reverse mortgage for no reason. And you know that people call and they prey on the elderly, you know, yes. they prey on seniors and they don't understand what's going on. So 
someone called him and sold him something he didn't understand. So he took out a reverse mortgage and was still paying the mortgage. You know? So when oh I found my out, goodness. Yeah. So when I found out all of that, my heart just dropped. I probably broke down and I was like, something is absolutely wrong and I need to dig deeper. And I dug deeper on like stocks and stuff. He was his habits around the house and what he was doing and who was trying to fix what. And people saw something was wrong with him and they were manipulating him. You know, <sighs> every everything from Man. neighbors, um, fake fix it people. And I just regulate. I Hold on, pause. In. I'm sorry. Yeah. Jay Smiles likes that. Fake fix it people. <laughs> yeah. Fake. Yo, let me tell you, contractors are some of the worst people in this world. Shout out to all those good ones, but man, listen, you know, that's, we could do a whole podcast on contractors. Right. Fake fix it people. Yeah. I chased one in front of my building. He was about to get it. (laughs) You know, that's a whole nother, but yeah. So I came in, I regulated. Pause one second, Omar. Were you the only, I shouldn't say only, but were you the primary person in New York at the time that your father could have turned to or could have been? We we just had that relationship. Okay. You know, my dad, you knew of me. You know, he wouldn't utter three words without talking about his son that went to Howard University and this and that. Big O. He don't even call me Omar. He called me Big O. My dad <laughs> always called me that, you know? Okay. And I have an aunt, and, but people weren't close enough to know. I have a brother in Jamaica. I have a half-sister in Queens, but I'm that dude with him. Like, that was our relationship. Correct. You know, so I just kicked down the door on everything, you know? Right. I just came in like, you know, came in the door, said it before, what's up? You know, looked through all his finances, checked him out physically, doctors, so forth. And I was like, I got to get him out of here. I just realized that was the first thing. And then what crushed me was there was a random story. He walked to the store one day and somebody snatched his chain. I was like, oh, hell no. Dad has to get out of New York. So you heard that. Did he tell you that? He told me the story. Then a friend of his said he told him it. But the thing is, he had two chains that he would always wear all the time. Okay. And the main chain was gone. So it did happen. You know, he was like, he was walking on this area called like 233rd in the Bronx. And somebody saw the chain, snatched it and ran. And I was like, nah, I like, that's it. So all of this is happening. You're getting this information yeah. around the same time of the bogus reverse mortgage. Because for anyone yes, who's absolutely. listening, if you have a senior family member who you even think might still be lucid. If they are living alone, you need to go ahead and immediately get into their finances and understand, tell them about a reverse mortgage. I'm not going to tell you whether you should or should not do a reverse mortgage. That that is very personal and it depends on what their bills are. But I will say this at a minimum, you should never the hell be paying your mortgage and do a reverse mortgage. Now that, that (laughs) that's illegal. Okay, so talk to him about that. That's a lot to digest. I'm getting all all this information right (laughs) away. And I had to like shut down my world for a second and figure it out. And the thing is, no one believed me at the time. I was like, yo, dad is kind of out of it, everyone. You know, like I tell my mom and she's like, it can't be that bad. I'm telling my aunt. They're like, oh, it can't be that bad. Telling my brother in Jamaica. And you can't imagine it because of the person he was. Okay. Like you can't imagine... Superman reacting to kryptonite until you see it. And, and the people that you're talking to, your mom, your brother, yeah. they they don't live in New York. 
Yeah, my brother's in Jamaica. My mom is in Florida. My aunt is, she was in, no, she was in Florida at that time. Okay. But she would come back and forth, you know? So no one saw it. I was the only one really here. So he was talking to them, though. I'm assuming, was was he he on the phone? So he sounded normal. Yeah, he sounded normal. He's a charming dude, you know? Right. He can. I could, my mom was able to do that too. We're thinking when I'm trying to backtrack it and add things up with the surgeons and with Mm -hmm. the neurologists, we're Mm -hmm. thinking for a couple of years, she was likely pulling the wool over all of our eyes and able to fix it. Tell us just for a few seconds, tell us a little bit about your dad prior to this. You said he was a man's man, but what did he do to sustain himself, to support the family? So my dad had a very modest job and made the most of it. The biggest parking gar- garage in New York City in Manhattan, he ran it. That's no, a lot, though. Like, that is yeah, very complicated. He was the if anybody man. who's been to New York. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, hear it. Hear how he flipped it, though, how he's this amazing dad. Because all of these high-level executives from entertainment, big-name lawyers, so forth, would park there. And they just loved him. And if they knew him, after every three words, he talked about his son. So when I was at Howard, every year, I had a fly internship. Like, I worked with Howard Stern. At the time, I was at Viacom, and I worked with the CEO as a guy named was it Frank Biondi. Like, wow. I was in a special program with him. I worked at, like, the Sony Theaters Accounting with the CEOs in their office. Like what I, I do know is that you jobs. always were with the Fly internships. Yo, but, I mean, the I, word the word on the yard was that, yeah, Omar is connected. Who knew how or whatever? Yeah, yo, I mean, dad. now you did do well. It, it wasn't like you yeah. weren't flunking out. So yeah. no, dad, you did your dad, part. Dad was the biggest part of it. He's the reason I went to Howard because I had a cousin there. And every year I just had a really good job. Like, I'd come back for the summer, and I would make a lot of money for an intern. Like, I had paid internships. You know, and at times, like, that was difficult. With, that was with very difficult. like Howard Stern. Like, Howard Stern would walk up to me at that time, and his producers, and they would know my name. So like, people are looking at you like, who the hell yeah. is this cat? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Shout out to Mel Carmazon, if anyone knows who he is. But yeah. Like the, yeah. Like yeah, Mel, I do. <laughs> Mel, I can say this now. Mel gave me the money to start my company when I went independent. Off the strength of my dad. And That's said, crazy. And he said, never tell your dad this. <laughs> like, Mel is cool. Mel is cool. Shout out to Terry, his wife. Like, they were just really good to me. Excellent, amazing people. It's not like they gave me mad money, but they did. It doesn't like, matter. You, know, you Look, you didn't have to go to a bank. Yeah. That's the point. they were just good because I came and worked for them. They were like, you know what? You always came in here focused. You never carried yourself crazy we get all these crazy interns because of howard and you're coming here and you're poised they were like what do you want to do right <laughs> you know he's like what do you want to do tell right. me I will, I will help you use my name for anything what do you want to do that's like, right right because howard stern howard stern is the shock jock but he's a businessman like this don't don't yeah. get it confused yeah. that's yeah. a brand that's yeah. a brand and he worked very hard to get that brand he's yeah. not but he's not a clown when it comes to cashing those checks oh, no, and keeping no, his honestly. business tight I worked in radio trafficking, so I understood the money. I control. I worked with the people with the money coming in. Yeah. So I saw what money coming in, and we also did like a lot of the checks. So we'll know like what checks they get, and we were like, Howard's the man, right? And, and you know, the funny thing is, not to go on that too much, but the funny right. thing about Howard is that you hear him on the radio, so you'd be nervous to meet him. What a polite gentleman in person. 
Like in person. Wow. Okay. Just polite. Just say, how you doing? Everything's all right? Just cool, poised, mellow, chill. You know? The that's mellow and chill right part, there. that is, that's exciting to know. But th- that also goes to show about a brand, right? Mm-hmm. You create a brand, you yeah. create a niche, th- mm-hmm. which may or may not fit your mm-hmm. off-air personality. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. We're going to get back to that. Yeah, but that exactly. does tell, yeah. that does let the listener know, I appreciate when the Parenting Up podcast family gets to understand Mm-hmm. the person who now has the disease, mm-hmm. right? So they get to understand how fast this disease takes over an individual who was independent, who was high functioning, because like you said, while your dad was the foreman of a very large parking garage in New York, mm-hmm. the thing is that's a lot of moving parts for a parking yeah. garage in New York. Yeah. And for him to also have the wherewithal to approach these famous, powerful individuals who many people would be intimidated by, but he's steady, yeah. constantly mm-hmm. pushing his son. That's a lot of character. Constantly. Everyone knew me. Anytime I would stop by, <laughs> and the garage is on Fifth Avenue. Between oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's, that's another level. Yeah. That's another yeah, exactly. level. Fifth so Avenue, that's right. The, that's, yeah, that's the type of people that were there. But anytime I would stop by... Anyone he introduced me to knew who I was. They're like, oh, King oh, Omar, the prince. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, Princess Zamunda. Oh, okay. Oh. The Princess Zamunda. Wait, you know? yeah. wait, wait, like, wait. They just knew. They just knew everything, you know? <laughs> we had to get laughs for that. Yeah. Dad, yeah. Dad gave laughs, right? <laughs> Your other family members didn't see it. And because yeah. of his stature, his personality for so many years. About how old was he when you started to notice this? All right, I have to go. Let me do my math. Dad was his upper 60s. Okay, so that's still young. Wait, wait, wait. I'm doing the math on it now. 70-something. Seven, yeah, about 70. In today's world, 70, he's independent, living alone. Yeah. That's still, so they're thinking, okay, Omar's being dramatic. Yep. Overreacting. Y'all know how he feels about his dad. Mm-hmm. Somebody give him a cocktail, tell him to sit down. Yeah, yeah. And it was crazy is my mom thought it. My mom is a nurse. She's a retired nurse. She's been a nurse for like 30 years. And not anyone to believe me, I thought she did. And the funny thing is, I didn't know she didn't believe me until a few years ago because my brother said it to me. He's like, you know, mom ain't believe you. She used to come to me all the time like Omar's exaggerating. <laughs> I'm like, word, not ma, you know. And, right, you're like, I'm baby boy. Are you kidding? Yeah, but I'm not an exaggerator. Like, I play stuff down. Anyone that knows me know that. If I accomplish something, I'm like, yeah, it was cool. They're like, are you crazy? That's so-and-so. I don't, ex- and I'm West Indian. We exaggerate about everything. I right. Know. You know, so I was just like, look, it's bad. It's that bad. And no one was hearing me until I went deep into it. And I started like taking pictures. I started documenting everything. So the backtrack with his home, he always kept me upstairs. So I'm like, I need to start going downstairs because he said he's living in the basement. So I go down in the basement and that's where you could not deny anything because the basement was a wreck. I'm talking about messed up couches, water damage, water damage all over the place. And when you go to his bedroom and you open it up, the smell of mold just knocked you over. Really? Mind you, the place was, it was neat. The bedroom was neat and organized, but the smell of mold from the water damage 
You couldn't even stand in there 30 seconds. And he was living in there, sleeping in there every night. And that's when I was like, no, 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 no. And I don't, you know, they keep finding out things and studies of Alzheimer's, but and dementia. It has to be, that had to be connected to his situation. Right. Some way, somehow, you know. But right, at least to exacerbate it or to something, speed it up or something. And my heart just broke again. I was like, oh, this all makes sense now, you know? So got him out of there, got him upstairs, got a, um, a really Was that a fight program. to get him to move from the basement just to upstairs? Because that's still his house, right? Yeah, yeah. He fought me, absolutely. Because, you know, that resistance stage, like, I'm still the son, you know? So yeah. you know, he respects me. I'm not supposed to know any better. But I knew how to charm dad. You know, okay. I'm like, oh, man, you work so hard. And you look good. And what if some ladies will come see you and whatever, whatever, like all that stuff. You know, like I know how to talk to my dad. So that's the angle. Know? Okay. So yeah, listen, that's the angle. That's, now, that's hot. But I appreciate you sharing that kind of thing because mm-hmm. especially for caregivers who are newer to the grind or mm-hmm. for some of us who just need to be reminded mm-hmm. that your loved one is... They're that same individual, right? Their their cognitive decline might be uh, having their uh, daily conversations unravel, but their soul and their spirit, they're the same. So your dad, he's that smooth dude. So you hit him with the, hey, pops, what if some ladies want to come over? He's like, hey, 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 we moving upstairs. I love it. You right, you right. You know, so I smoothed him over. I got a real good broker that he was just really patient, an older gentleman. And he was the, I feel like he was a godsend because he was the perfect person for that scenario. So not only did he help me sell the home, he helped me fix it up. And he was patient with both of us. And I say both of us because I was going through something, helping my dad in that scenario. Even though you heard about Alzheimer's dementia, it was still kind of foreign to me. I just know that I needed to get dad out of there. You know, because I like New York is a jungle. It's not for the young. It's not for the old. Right. So I like I need to get him out of here. And he saw that and he even picked up on it. He's like, hey, man, you know, your dad is definitely demented. You need to know that. And it's good that you're moving him. And this is how I'll help you. So he had people coming in there, cleaning stuff, fixing up the place, making it presentable. He would talk to my dad good, drive him to get something to eat, come back. And you're not going to find somebody with that compassion. In New York? In New York, in the jungle. You know, how did did you locate this agent? Is this someone you had worked with before? No, I've never actually worked with him before. And God is good because I actually met him through someone that is not the kindest of people. Okay, well, that's how you know. That's their purpose sometimes, you know, so you can meet so-and-so. So So I met him through that person a while ago, and I was like, let me just reach out to him. And he just, he was, God is good. I love it. And it worked out the way it was supposed to. But I feel like it wouldn't have worked out without him. So one thing that was kind of on your side is that dad already wanted to go to Florida and that he had so many relatives there. Yeah. Tell us about actually getting him out of New York and to Florida, like packing up his stuff. Yeah. Did y'all fly? Did y'all drive? Did you have so, to make up a story? Hey, hey, Dad, I got three girlfriends down there waiting so, on you. <laughs> so it, it, it was a process because 
after a while, you know, people come in, in and out the house and you like your privacy. So they resist you on that stuff a little bit also, you know? Right. So again, it was great between me and the agent, Howard. We was just there to like smooth out everything to make him comfortable. The hard part was throwing out stuff that was basically like decrepit. And I said it last time, he would, I, the water damage was bad. And when you went into like his closets, it was worse. So he had clothes that was just, you couldn't even give it away. Oh, wow. So I had to throw out tons of stuff, but everything I threw out, I had to buy back. An example I talked about before and speak again is that his shoes, he had sneakers and shoes. Let's just say I, I threw out four pairs of sneakers and I'm the one that bought them and some shoes. Let's say three pairs of shoes. Like they were just dry. Right, like it was just terrible. <laughs> but everything I bought, everything I threw out, I bought back. You're like, but Dad, I'm going to get another pair. And I bought them back. Like, I bought them some butter, some fresh knives. Right. I'm like, here, man, you got i like, now nah, the lady's going to love you. What happened to my other stuff? He like, you. I had nine pairs of shoes, eight pairs of sneakers, and you threw them out. And then next time you talk to him, 12 pairs of shoes, 18 pairs of sneakers. And i like, man, you can't even win right now. You know? And I was like, look, i like, Dad. And I was like, look at your feet. Look at these nice brand new sneakers you have on. But what about my good stuff before? And I'm like, Lord, that's how you know. You like it, even like, first of all, it wasn't good stuff, Dad. It wasn't. You couldn't even wear it. Like, and no matter what, to, old stuff ain't better than new stuff. Not no shoes. Yeah. Like I, I felt guilty throwing it in the garbage because I'm like, Dad, the garbage don't even deserve this. <laughs> you know, like it was, it wasn't a. They were in terrible condition. Right. And me and the guy, we even looked at stuff. We like, we can't give this away. We can't do Salvation Army. Nothing. Right. You know, that's like it, it just has to go. That's another, you know, paper cut on your hand or an, another knife mm -hmm. sliced in your heart for you to say, wow, mm -hmm. dad really thinks that that pair mm -hmm. of sneakers was worth saving mm -hmm. or keeping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, you just keep realizing like it's worse than I thought. It's definitely it's this. worse than I thought. This right. Is what we have to do. You know, so through that process, we fixed up the house. We had some buyers that we were comfortable with. We were patient with them also. We close. We work on what time, how long he has to get out. And the transition was divine because my aunt lived in Connecticut, which was about 45 minutes or an hour away. And she was about to go down to Florida for good. What happened was we just sent him to Connecticut for like a week. And when they moved, he just went with them. Uh, and I was like, it what? couldn't have been. It right. couldn't not have been a smoother transition. Right. He's you know? just packing up with his sister. He's just like, oh, we yeah. all leaving. Yeah, we just, yeah, everybody so, just going. Yeah. My aunt and my uncle, they were going. He went up there with them. Like, he's close to them. He's comfortable with them. Right. He stayed there, you know, and I have another cousin. I have tons of cousins up there. So it was just great. So he just stayed there and it was time to go. And when they got to Florida, he stayed, he stayed with them for a while. Okay. Until, you know, and they looked at houses until we found a perfect property for him. And the property we found for him was perfect because the supermarket was right up the street. The The pharmacy that I use is right down the other end. Okay. You know, and it was a senior community. You could walk around comfortably. Very. Everybody looks out for everyone. So okay, let's perfect. pause before we get there. I want to ask you, while you all were still in New York, did you have any test run, any diagnosis mm -hmm. as you were preparing the house? You, okay, you know, I'm getting dad out of here. We're going to Florida. Was it was there any medical treatment? So I didn't I didn't set him up with doctors until he got to Florida. Okay. You know, when New York it was 
focus on getting him out of there. Yeah, we just got to get out of here. And anyone he had before, I felt like was manipulating him. Because gotcha. he even talked about a lawyer he had. And I was like, what the hell you have going on that you paying some lawyer? And I saw some receipts, but I'm like, somebody was just taking your money. Right. So I just, I just didn't trust anything. I was right. like, you know what? You circle the raggins, we getting out of here. I like this shit. We got to get out of here. You know? So once he got down there, we got the home. Mm-hmm. We got him doctors. And the great thing about Florida, it's like Florida and California are best for like seniors as far as like healthcare. You know? So even where he lives... All of his doctors are within like 10, 15 minutes vicinity. Awesome. So it's great. You know, That's so fantastic. Some, yeah. So I had some good references. I spoke to certain offices. And luckily, the ones that I chose are the ones that we stick to even till today. That's hot. Now, to, <laughs> to yeah, you know that. I'm yeah. saying that's, I mean, you know, that's like uh, actually marrying your, you know, junior high crush. That I mean, who the hell mm. does that anymore? So yeah, you you get <laughs> you get him down to Florida. He's staying with uh your aunt for a while until you found the home. Is he still in that senior community? Yeah, he's still there. All right. So talk us through a little bit in this transition though, how are you, the son, the primary caregiver, how are you feeling? You get dad down to Florida, but before he settled. What's happening in your mind and in your heart? You've sold a house or you're in the process of selling it. Mm. You've stopped your whole life. Mm. Are you married? Do you have kids? Ah, uh, man, I don't even have a goldfish named Arnold. So, but you stopped your life, but you do have a yeah. company. Yeah, yeah. I froze stuff. I mean, at, at one point I had to stop and get my bearings because it affected everything and it's your dad. And I was ignorant. Like, I just didn't know that much about dementia and Alzheimer's. So I'm a deer in the headlights trying to figure it out and see what's best for him. So I stopped stuff for a second. Of course, eventually, you know, I got to make my coin. So I kept working. But it was like, it's two jobs, as you know. Yes. You know, I had my job that I run my company. Then I had my job of running dad's life. Correct. That's exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. Yes, that's exactly what it is. What were you doing to keep yourself like waking up and day and staying at it in this interim during the the heat of the transition? Can you recall? Were you just on autopilot? Were you like were you eating a lot of fries? Were you drinking a lot of tequila? Like what? (laughs) You know, I was just trying to figure it out. Like I played the situation really close, and I had to get educated on what was going on. You know. Something I advise anyone that's going through this, you have to know what the disease is and you have to learn about the progression also. How did you do that? Was it Google? Were you talking to individuals? I read, but most of my education came from experienced folk. So one of my best female best friends outside of Keith Pansy is my friend Michelle. And she's a doctor. She went to the same exact thing where her dad so she let me know what she went through, and she talked to me about the phases. So everything I was going through, she always told me what's next. She was like, all right, Omar, and this is going to happen next. And you're going to have to do this because this is going to happen next. Right. Make sure this is next. And save money because it comes to the point where it's going to be very expensive. Right. You know, like she would just run down everything. And I was like, okay. And that helped me a lot. So between the conversation with her and I have a cousin, Ev, that went to Howard, and he's the reason I went to Howard. And he's a practitioner, and he deals with those patients all the time. And he and my dad were really close. So 
that was the combo that probably brought me to tears though because he I got really you. delved into it like okay when you you can you can talk about the disease but when you talk about it in in regards to a person you know and what's going to happen to them it's it hits you totally different right and you said he's a nurse practitioner yeah in, in in connecticut right so you were learning as much as you could about not yeah. only the disease but what life would look like for you as his primary yeah. caregiver absolutely because it hit you like a block, mm-hmm. but then you were like, okay, shit, I got to start. How do I get prepared mm-hmm. so I won't get the rug snatched from under me every third Tuesday? Yeah, I feel absolutely. You. And, and something caregivers have to realize is that you always have to prepare yourself. It's not like I worked on stuff back then and I'm good now. Like you constantly have to update stuff. An example I'll give is that one of the HU homies, my homie, Dr. Drake, you know, from Howard, she go through something similar where she take care of her parents. And one day she jogged online and she posted and she was like, one thing about a caregiver, you got to realize that you have to take care of yourself too. Correct. I was like, wow. I had to DM her. I was like, yo, Drake, like you write, like real talk, you know? And that's something maybe a year or two ago, you know, but yeah. it, that really set in, you know, it's like hopes. I quote Jay-Z all the time. You can't help the poor if you wanted them. You know, so you have to make, take care of yourself or you can't help anyone. And that was real. And when she did that, like it hit home. Like I'm looking at my phone and my feelings like, oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what do like, you do? Man. That's a nice segue. What do you do to care for yourself? Like right now, not back like, then. You know, um, again, to me, in regards to that, to know what it is to prepare yourself for the future, for the yes. present and the future, know what it is. And have I had to get make sure I got my me time and take better care of myself. And I feel like I always did take care of myself. Like I always work out and so forth. But next level, you know, like make sure your cardiovascular is right and your mind and meditate and so forth. Do all of these things to make sure that you could function to the best of your ability. And especially with being a caregiver, you learn a lot about our med- medical system, yep. healthcare system. Yep. And you're like, oh, no, you know, they want to pump all of us full of drugs and have us on these things and make money off of us. So I think I stepped up and I adjusted like my diet. I adjusted my workouts like I'm definitely healthier now than than I was then. And I was never a slacker. Right. I just educated myself on me, on like the body and the human body and like what it needs better. Like if you took a picture of me now and let's say 2015 and 12. Like I look trimmer, my face and so yes. forth, like my skin, you know, so. Absolutely. I did that. I stepped it up when I stepped it up another level in regards to health. I posted That's a hot. video today of me jump roping. I wouldn't, I wasn't jump roping in 2012. <laughs> yeah. You're like, hell no. Ain't no way. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah. No way. You know? Eight, yeah. 10 so, years ago, you were not jump roping. I was not jump roping. Yeah. Shout out to B more too if he listens to this because he helped me with that a lot. So now we're in Florida. Dad's in Florida, and you're selecting the senior community. How did you decide which senior community? Because I know you have family there, mm-hmm. but obviously yeah. you live in New York and you're controlling this ship. Yeah, that, that so family my, didn't even my, believe your dad needed yeah. anything. So yeah. how did you but decide? Now, now they now they started to believe. They're down there. Stay with my aunt. My aunt is very much involved. You know, so she's there. He's staying with her. And physically, when he had to go to places, she was there also. Now, another blessing that I had is that 
the illustrious university that you and I went to, Howard University, my friend Renee is down there, and she's a real estate agent. So I got a homie helping me out, and she handled it with extra care. Like, she cared about She got to know my dad. She knew okay. what was going on. She's tight with my cousin, Ev, also. That's love. And she just... That network. She was just, she was just really on it. That Bison you know? Network. Yeah. She listened to the she needs listened. of your father. Absolutely. And I would like everybody who is a part of the Parenting Up podcast family, no matter where you live in the world, maybe you didn't go to Howard University. We'll have a moment of silence for you. <laughs> yeah, 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 but no yeah. matter, honestly, no matter where you live in the world, no matter whether you went to college or not, this is the point. Do not hire someone who's not listening to your needs, whether it is a real estate agent or a caregiver or an agency or a physician. When you choose to let your loved one become a patient of a physician, you just hired them. Just because you only paid $10 for the copay, do recognize that your insurance company is paying, is paying them. That doctor works for you. If they're not listening to you, your needs, whatever you are concerned about, don't hang around them. So in this case, Omar, he is telling us the wonderful ways that his connections, the goodwill, how God touched his life through this journey with the connection with the, the Howard alum who was the real estate agent. But also the point is that real estate agent was listening to the time to get to know his dad and the needs that Omar had. We can all find service providers like that, whoever it is, whoever might be shaving your dad, right, or cutting his hair. Don't have a barber cutting your father's hair who has Alzheimer's or dementia who's just going to cut the hair the, hell the way they want to and exactly. not taking the time to say no. Exactly. My dad liked exactly. the taper tight on the sides. Just because he can't articulate that, I'm telling you how the hell he liked it. Exactly. You know what I mean? So exactly. continue with that. Exactly. So I was fortunate to find that type of scenario with someone that really cared, knew his situation. And out of all of the places we looked at, when we found a place that he's at now, she even said it. She was like, price wise, this works great. He doesn't have to do much. It's like a villa. Nice. It's a villa he moved in. So the community, they take care of the outside. Very affordable, nice, great neighborhood. And it was in close proximity to my aunt. You know? Yeah, that's like, a win. Five, five minutes away. So I'm like, perfect. This is it. You know? Yeah. So shout out to Renee and my aunt and them. And, you know, we all came together and worked that out. And the price points were perfect. So you've mentioned a couple times about your mom being involved, mm -hmm. but your mom and dad aren't together. No. My... I find that fascinating, and I want to raise them up as well mm -hmm. as a part of the glory of the extended American so, black family that so, we very rarely hear about. So, so the hilarious thing on that is that my mom is a really private person, and I get it from her. So she knew I was talking about her. She'd be like, Omar, why you talk my business up? You know? But You the, don't have to say her the, name. We were not going to go yeah, find yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, she's not on these interwebs, so real good. <laughs> you know, she stayed in the background and, you know, supporting me through it and at the beginning and just watched and words of encouragement and do this and do that. An example is... When we had to furnish his place, like she's the one that came with me and picked out everything and so forth and get this and get that and what have you. So she watched in the background. But as the disease progressed, he needed more help. 
an example I give is that once he had a fridge that was there already, and I was like, this fridge is dirty. So I made some other people come through and clean it. And when I checked it after, I was like, this ain't up to my standards. But I noticed that there was a leak or something with the fridge. Then I told my mom and stepdad, because they're a combination. If there's mom, there's stepdad. Right. I left. And when they came into the house, they got a cleaning crew, cleaned the house, sparkling clean, saw the fridge. And when I came back, there was a brand new fridge. From your mom and stepdad. From my mom and stepdad. Yeah, just brand new fridge. I'm and just saying. Done, they've done that multiple times with other things, but that's how they roll. Like, I get a lot of my ways from my mom, you know? And I've been fortunate because I had three parents. And my mom, my dad, and my stepdad, you know? And but and that's, a, funny, that's a tight group. That's yeah. a tight group. And the funnier thing is that my dad didn't really like my stepdad. You know? Well, I mean, but, that's... Yeah, he got the girls. He won. So dad wasn't messing with my stepdad. He like, that bald head, blah, blah, blah. Like, he didn't talk bad about him. And the first person online to do something for my dad was my stepdad. Like, no lie. Like, he don't talk about it. And even with COVID right now, to fast forward a bit, because how crazy Florida is, they won't let me come down. And that's the only big problem I really have with COVID, but I get it. So they're like, look, all the things that you used to do, we'll do it. So I'll call my stepdad right now and he'll be like, oh, I go. I'll go there right now for you. I'll do this. I'll do that. What you need? I'll bring over Pampers or whatever. Wow. Like they're just in the, they are just heavily involved. And they're that's a it. bonus because you don't expect that from like your mom and stepdad. But no. they're heavily involved. And with COVID, when COVID first hit, that's the family discussion we had to have. And they said that. They're like, don't come down here. Everything that you do, we'll try our best to do that and more. And they've they've just been doing that. That it, wait, I gotta get look for you. I know your mom um, won't hear it, but I'm. Mm -hmm. They got it. They that that is. Those are the types of stories that have to be shared more and more, and that is the purpose of this podcast because. Who knows? Maybe someone to hear that story. They may be the stepdad or the stepmom who wanted to offer more but felt mm -hmm. a little awkward. And now hearing the story of your mom and stepdad, that might give them the energy or the courage mm -hmm. to say, hey, you know mm -hmm. what? I do want to do more. It's OK. We have a blended family. This is a modern world we live in. And let's be all hands on deck. So tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about the situation that your dad lives in now. Does he have caregivers coming in does he have 24 7 care yeah so he's in the same place he has 24 hour care now but then the degree the disease wasn't as progressed as it is right now okay so at first we didn't have caregivers because again i'll be honest i was ignorant like you don't know anything and you're still learning about the disease so you don't know how the bad the person is and so forth so I kept learning piece by piece. Like you're not gonna learn everything overnight. Nope. And when you and when you learn, learning it and digesting it is two different things. Hold on, you know? I need you to say that two, three more yeah. times because, buddy, yeah. you're not the only one. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if any of us. I haven't heard of the caregiver who actually got ahead of the disease. Possibly. Everybody I know, Possibly. we're behind it. Something happens that makes you recognize that their loved one is not quite mm -hmm. themselves. And then you adjust to that one thing. And then a new thing happens. And then you adjust to that new yeah, thing. Yeah. And you are constantly behind the eight ball. So you get him down to Florida and you get him in his senior community. Like, bet, now we're safe. 
And then you're like, oh, shit. Now yeah, we're not safe. Like, yeah, we're not safe. And, you know, wandering off. And we're just worrying about stuff, you know? And when he was in New York, he liked to tip people. Where he worked, he used to get big tips. So I he'd bet. He'd walk around and give people, like, money, whatever the case is. And then I heard a potential story of somebody manipulating him there. And I was like, oh, no, that's it. Like, I took control of all the accounts and everything. And then I was like, he needs care. But he wasn't comfortable with people in his space outside of me and my aunt. The person that we found originally, we had to start her literally like an hour here, an hour here. Wow. And progressively pick it up until he got comfortable with having that person there. And it got to the point, like if she stepped away, he would ask. He's like, where's the lady? You know? Okay. okay. But it took a lot to get there, you know, because after a while he'd be like, all right. And he would want people to leave. Like he wouldn't want anyone there, you know. He's like, "Why are you so that, in my house?" Yeah, so that took it took a while. Was he driving when he got to Florida? Nah, no, he wasn't okay. driving, and he was talking about getting a car, and I was like, "Nope, nope, nope." In this senior community, when from the beginning, did they have the option or services for someone to come clean or for someone to stop by, or was that so, all private where you had to schedule for caregivers to come in on your own? It was all private, and that's a problem I have with the community, at least the one he's in. I don't know how everyone operates, but okay. in Florida, you have all of these elderly senior communities. So, of course, they have special needs. There's things they can't do. And an example I give, like even last week, we had to throw out something in bulk. So I called the office, the management office, and I said, look, I have some stuff that's in bulk in front of the house. Like, how can I get rid of it? And it's like, yeah, the dumpster is a half mile. And I'm like, what? I like Yo, you know you 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 manage in a senior community, right? They're like, yeah. How do you expect seniors? I like I'm an able bodied dude. I could bench like four hundred pounds. I can't carry that stuff to damn up half a mile up. Right. How you how you expect them? I like you know what? You should be ashamed of yourselves. That's correct. Yeah, I, I just straight up I tell people that all the time when I'm dealing with them down there. I like you dealing with seniors and you have not adapted to the situation. And you're handling, like you're handling young folks. And you shouldn't hold yourself out as a senior community. If you're going to say, get that bulk stuff up the hill the best way you can, then you should not mm-hmm. advertise as such. That's fraudulent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you not know, fraudulent. So, that's uh, misrepresentation. Yeah, so I go through False that advertisement. all the time. But at one point, we had to get like cleaning crews to come okay. in and do stuff. But that was and, all separate, I yeah, guess. all separate, all right. separate. Because the management, they they take care of the outside, but the inside Understood. is like all you. So the people I have now that take care of him, they're great. They do okay. laundry and all of that also, so that works. But periodically, I still get somebody to come in and do like a vicious cleaning. Understood. But now the place is pretty clean. Like they maintain it really well. What kind of stuff happened that let you know, in different points that let you know, hey, we, you, I think you mentioned something like he started wandering. Yeah, he would wander once in a while. He got lost. So what I did was I had to trick that. I got him like a bracelet, a gold bracelet with like his IDs, numbers and stuff. And he's registered. Hold on, Omar. I got I got to tell you, dude, you got to You got some of the best. I trick dad stories. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep going. You yeah. Got- <laughs> yeah. So instead of putting like a dog tag on him or whatever i got him a nice gold bracelet and i got his name on it and some numbers on the back and it got hours and he's registered with the local precinct so if anything happens like he's in the system but i had to instead of putting that on him because you know in there he's still a man's man 
So I'm like, look, Dad, I, look what I got you for Father's Day. He's like, oh, this is nice, man. I'm like, yeah, the lady's going to love that, man. Look at you. You're going to be the killer with the bracelet and all that. So he'd <laughs> rock it with, with pride, with extra pride. Gotcha. You know? So I had to trick him into, yeah, you're registered in case you wander and get lost or what have you with some... Has he wandered? He has wandered before and maybe one or two other times. And the crazy thing is we figured out a system that works well, you know? And he still never moved that fast, but maybe like silently, like real... Okay. Like, you know, so I remember once the lady was there cleaning. So she's washing stuff in the laundry and cleaning the bathroom. He got a two-bedroom and cleaning the back room. So we have a window in the front that has never been open before. I don't know how, but he opened up that window and escaped. <laughs> and it only took a few minutes, you know? He just straight up escaped. And like people- what, Was the door locked or he just chose the, the window? The door was locked. Okay. The door was locked. We lock it from the inside. There's a special lock, a key. You need a key to exit also. Okay, you so know? he said, you know what? I got to go. I got to go. And he just like vanished for a second. And it's a whole big thing where the police get involved and they come. And once they had helicopters and it was just a whole lot. And I was like, he don't even move that fast. Where the hell he going to go? You know, but we find him somewhere. But he has a route between his house and my aunt's house. And we figure that out. So anytime something like that happened, it was like twice. And he was found like in between that route. Like, even though he was demented in progression, he always knew the other place that I need to go right. is by my sister. He's just trying to go visit. In his head, somehow, he got a... He's like, listen, the other person I was talking to is not in the room. Mm -hmm. I need some company. I'm yeah. going by my sister's. Yeah. You know, and sometimes he would say, oh, I need to go home. I need to go home. Thinking like that's his home because he used to stay there. So the only two right. places he knows to stay is his house and there. Gotcha. Does he talk about New York? He doesn't really talk about New Not okay. now. He's gone. Before, he used to talk about it, but then he was happy. He was down there. But okay. the, the phase where they, they're, like, really resistant, mm -hmm. that was rough because they think that everybody's stealing stuff. And he's like, oh, why did I leave New York? And why I sold my house? And mind you, everything in Florida was just better for him. The weather, the house, newer house, newer everything. But, oh, man, this and that, this and that, this resistance. Oh, people stealing my money. Oh, you stealing too. Oh, are you on drugs? Like that really resistant stage. Right. His resistance. Sta that's the hardest stage that I've gone through to date because he's just pushing back on everything. Like everything you're doing good for them, they're just pushing back on. No, I don't want to do that. No, why am I here? Oh, where's my 16 shoes? 15 <laughs> Still. You know? I'm so happy you're sharing that because for caregivers... And for people who are supporting caregivers, because I have a lot of listeners who actually aren't caregivers yet. They have parents who are still healthy, but they've seen it happen to others. Maybe they are friends to people like Jay Smiles and Omar. And they're like, hey, let me just understand a little bit about how this thing works. Or maybe their spouse or one of their best friends is going through it and they want to be a, a more supportive friend. For them to even know and hear how much we are constantly having to fortify ourselves <laughs> for the what you call the resistance yeah. is serious. Yeah. And we That's laugh true. about it when we're recounting these stories because we have to. If we didn't laugh, I don't yeah. know if we could make it any long term. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, thank God for those moments that you could kind of joke about here and there, you know, those little funny things. Yeah, because you're talking about your dad getting out the window and then their helicopters. Dude, that's not that's yeah. that's not funny in the moment. Yeah. Were you in yeah. Florida when that happened or were you in New York? I was never there when it happened. Right, so, I'm, <laughs> so you so get imagine, a call. Imagine getting a call at midnight and you're laying down and you're like, yeah, what, hello? And you hear all this commotion in the back. And then somebody puts, like, a police captain on the phone. They're like, we're going to find your dad, Mr. Hamilton. Don't worry. You're like, what? what? You? It's the most helpless feeling ever, you know? What do you mean going to find him? I didn't even know he was lost. Yeah. Like, I could imagine that's worse than being a, like, gunpoint. Like, it's just you feel helpless. Like, You're not even in yeah. the game. How long in those instances did it take for him to be located? A couple of hours? It was never really long. Once they got on it, it never took long. But... Every minute is nerve-wracking. Absolutely. So, was he in good shape when they found him? Yeah. Okay. Like, a lot of there's times where he just walked up to people and was like, I want to go home. And someone would be like, this is an older gentleman, and he's out, and this is not making sense. So they're like, stay here, and they will call, like, the police or something, you know? That's love, because yeah. that could have been handled yeah. differently. Absolutely. And the thing is, walking out, in somewhere else and working out in Florida is different because their regular streets are like highways. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they don't really have sidewalks. Yeah, their regular streets are like highways. So every minute he's gone, it's a liability. This is correct. They don't have a lot of street lights. No, like they have it, but it's further down and the cars are zooming by and there's way more cars. And the only saving grace sometimes is that it's really odd to see someone just regular walking on those type streets. Yes. So, like I said, there's times when people have looked, I'm like, that looks odd, and a caring person will, like, pull over. Fortunately, but unfortunately, there's other people, there's a lot of people down there going through similar. Right. So, someone like me would see that and pull over and be like, excuse me, sir, you know? So Correct. So, I had an incident where somebody like that, like, pulled over and went up to him and was like, are you okay, sir? You know? Right. He said, I want to go home. Praise God he was able to even articulate that mm-hmm. yeah. in that moment. He didn't, he didn't know where home was, but that's the But he could say of that. Being re- of being registered. So once the police came, his picture and everything is in the system, and they're like, okay, this is who he is. This is who we need to call. This is where he lives. And routine, they got to take him to the hospital first to just check everything, you know, and then you pick him up there. But so it's tell us, the worst feeling. Tell us, uh, I can't. I'm sitting here speechless. I don't even... I really don't even know how to how to manage something like that. But now he has 24-7 care because he needs it. The disease has progressed to that point. Yeah. How do you manage emotionally? You have emotional ties to your dad, a business. You have a life. How do you manage so much remotely? You're in New York. He's in Florida. Because obviously, as his needs have increased, then there are more moving parts. They, they increase daily. So... Am I handling it? <laughs> you know, because there's always something. Like, I just got called with something earlier. It's just balance, and you can just try your best. And you you have to try not to beat yourself up because as caregivers, we always feel like, even if we did a lot, we always feel like we can do more. Correct. You know, and we're like, say that. I didn't do that. You know? Say that, Omar. You're like, dag, I should have, I did this, but I could have did this, 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 this. And Dude. Like, no. You did the best you can. I just went through that last night with myself. People had to embed that in me for the longest. And I still go through it. With my call earlier, I was like, 
I'm about to break this COVID curse and go down to Florida and regulate just because. Right. You know? <laughs> like, and I'm debating that right now, actually, in a fresh news situation, you know? So right. it's just balance and you just know what's important to you. And the crazy thing is, we spoke about this before. People don't understand that's not going through it. So you right. can even be dating and so forth or talk to a friend. But unless they've been through this and they're a caregiver and not saying it has anything to do with their heart, they just don't get it. You know, I but agree. someone that's been through it, like we're, we're here, like me and you here. We right. talk about this. There's no limit. We'd be on here. It'll be like the homecoming Zoom. We'd be on here nine hours. <laughs> that's <No>. correct. <laughs> correct. There, yeah. I agree with you completely. There's a indescribable intersection of emotional connectivity, lack of control over science, and tremendous desire to execute flawlessly that come together to create a freaking barnstorm in our souls. Because we're not trained for this. No, That's no. what I'm consistently trying to drive into others without sounding like a broken record. I'm like, hey, you got to remember, I didn't go to school for any of this, like none of this. And it happened overnight, like with you, with your father. I hang out with this dude all the time. We, you know, we break bread once a week. We talk all the time. I didn't, <laughs> this happened overnight. And now things are unraveling. Every day something new is happening and you're trying to keep all the balls in the air and wondering did I make the right call? Am I doing enough? Did I pick the right caregivers? Did I pick the right doctor? Did I whatever, whatever it is? Are we eating the right food? I, I know, I think blueberries are better than strawberries, but let me read this next article, <laughs> right? All of that stuff. Yeah. Supplement yeah. A versus supplement F. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, how many fillers? How many fillers are in this, dude? I. It's a. It's a lot. You know, but uh, I, I just stress, like, your, your education on it is imperative. Like, you will not survive, you know? And like we said, there's levels. There's you educate on it, and then you digest it. Like, you really take it in and what it is. And the second part is actually harder, you know? Like, you got to really come to grips with this is the disease, this is what it is now, and this is what the progression is. Correct. You know? So I, I know I had that combo and I did my studies to know what I'm dealing with and what it's going to be next month and what it's going to be next year. Yeah. And that's the hard. That's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's, hard. it's painful. Because you're, you have to, you're thinking about their mortality. Constantly. Constantly, man. While you're yeah. also trying to give them the best quality of life mm -hmm. that you can. It's a hell of a trick shot. Yeah, and know what it is. I would say there's a lot of times where it gets you down because this disease is sad. It's the only thing that you can go through where you could be next to the person and still miss them. That's hot. That's yeah. a hot line. That's a hot that, line. That. You're right next to them. They're breathing. They're talking to you, but you I miss mean, them. I Florida and just talking to my dad and sitting there look at him and I'm like, man, I miss my dad. And there was a lady that lived in the community once. And I went to one of his board meetings for like the, uh, the condo association, the villa. Yes. And I was talking to the lady and she noticed and we were talking about him. And she's a caregiver. And she's like, we call it the long goodbye. Correct. Man, I wanted to burst out in tears. And I'm not even a crier. I was about to be like, a tea, a tea, a tea. 
hard. I was like, Nipsey Russell, the Wiz. Right. It's the longest goodbye ever, man. It is. It is long. It is heart wrenching. I know one thing that I grapple with is the ebbs and flows of the emotion Mm -hmm. because the hats that I have to take off Mm -hmm. every 10 or 15 minutes because my mom and I live together. My office is based in the basement of my home. And so depending upon if I'm on shift or if there's a caregiver Mm -hmm. on shift and they might need me for something Mm -hmm. or if I'm going to all doctor's appointments, depending on the day that my mother is having I could mm-hmm. pop off and then I need to go write a comedy set or prepare for a podcast, mm-hmm. prepare to go travel or mm-hmm. prepare to do something with the Smithsonian, whatever it is. But I may have just had a very dark moment with my mom, but I need to act like that didn't just happen. It could be less than 10 minutes, Omar. Yeah. The trampoline is exhausting for me personally. Mm-hmm. How fast I have to go and switch hats between which personality I'm supposed to be within the confines of, say, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Dude, it can take me out. And there's sometimes where for two or three days, I'm like, yeah, I can't answer the phone or meet with anybody. I have to allow my emotional system, my psyche, and my mind to get back mm-hmm. to a steady state. Well, kudos to you because I'm going to get real New York on, on you. I'm going to have to keep it 100 not even a hundred, a hundred. Yo, <laughs> I could not deal with it daily like that in my face. It would kill me. And maybe if I had to do it, I could. But I just know how painful it is. Like, kudos to you on that. All the respect in the world. Seeing it every... Man, it's a lot. When I go to Florida, my mom would always tell me when I, by the time I get back to her house, because she lives just 10 minutes away. So right. the support system is great. And they're like, I just fall asleep. And I was like, Mom, am I sick? Why am I falling asleep? And she's like, you're emotionally exhausted. That's correct. It's a lot, oh, man, to see a hero just deteriorating in front of your eyes. Yeah. Before COVID, I'd go once a month. Like, I'm always in Florida. There's times I would stay down there two months straight. I could work satellite. I'm like, oh, I'll just stay at my mom's house and go to my dad's house every day, whatever, sometimes. But I was always there. But I was like to every day. In the every same day, dude. Home every day home. in the same home. My One of my tight, tight, tights, my line sister Janelle, she teases me. She's like, Jay, Zeddy can smell you. She's like, as soon as you come in the house, she's like, you don't matter if you can make noises. Mm-hmm. But I can make zero noise, Omar. Mm-hmm. And she will come out and she'll be like, my mom calls me, JG, 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 is that you? I can't say no, right? I come in, I'm putting bags down. And she may just be taking a walk down the hallway. The caregivers take her for a walk. You know, she has some little leg exercises that she does just trying to keep her blood circulating. But if she sees me or hears me, then I'm absolutely going to give her my time. Mm -hmm. And depending on where she is, that's going to shift my emotional state or my mental state. And then there are literally Mm -hmm. times where 45 minutes later, I'm on the phone with an IRS agent. And I have to switch back to that. And dude, and then I'm like you. I'm on the couch. I'm exhausted. Do you remember the movie The Green Mile with John Coffey? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I have uh, my best friend. Often she would be like, so what you doing? Is this a JC moment? And she'll call me John Coffey all the time because I give it all out and then I crash. Right now, at least I haven't figured out another way to do it. (laughs) I mean, blessings to you guys, you know. Thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, sweetheart. 
great deal. To touch upon that, even like caregivers, that's a whole nother thing also, like finding the right caregiver and so forth. And even before I found the main one that I have now, it was a process, you know. What kind of questions do you ask? Pastor says, Bonnie, I don't go to church a lot, but I listen. You know, I'm a spiritual person. Pastor said, a fool will always let you know what's on his mind and a wise man will listen. I would just always sit with them and just listen. Okay. I'd be like, my dad has dementia. Have you ever dealt with this before? What do you know about the disease? And I just let them talk. I remember one lady in my family wanted me to hire. She was just nervous, scared, and she didn't know anything, you know? I was like, oh, no, nah, this ain't going to work. And they were pushing for that. I'm like, oh, nah, that's going to work. But this one lady randomly, I wasn't going to go sit with her. And I said, let me go. And I went, and she was just so versed okay. in everything. Like, she talked about eating habits and making them comfortable. It was just, it It just touched me here. I was like, this is the lady. Gotcha. I'm like, this is it. Gotcha. This is it. You know, she's like, yeah, sit with them and make them comfortable and spoon feed certain things. And, you know, like don't force them. Sometimes they do things when they're ready, but just kind of shadow them and say things like to, to make them remember and put up pictures. Right. And she does all that, you know, put up old pictures. She has photo albums and she switches out pictures. I here love and it. There, you know, I love so, it. Is there something just, that you've come across in terms of the dieting? For your dad, in terms of something that he's eating or not eating, that you're like, yo, I, I did my research, I I know, changed this, and I really feel that this, you know, maybe it made a difference before, and it's not making a difference now, but something that you think the listeners could so, uh, you're, benefit as you're from. So, saying dieting, right, I'm drinking water, and as I'm preparing for this topic, I wish it was liquor. So, <laughs> I know that's right. It's heavy, dude. So, this shit is heavy what, as what hell. What's a terrible combination? Diabetes and dementia. That is awful. At one time, my dad was diabetic, and we changed his diet. Okay. So forth and more water and what have you, and make him walk around a little more. And now he's not. But fantastic. When he, when he was, and we didn't really know at one point, the combination would make him spiral out. Can you talk about the sundowning and everything? Everything was just worse. Okay. Like. He'll be in front of you and just have like a crazy moment and start sweating. It was nuts. An example I'll give with that is that once I was there, came to Florida, happy to see him, whatever. I'm sitting down. He was a little disheveled, but I'm like, I'm here. So whatever, I can handle whatever. And he kept hearing him talk to himself like, oh, y'all think I'm playing? My man came in the kitchen, came back with a knife. Brought it over to me. Whoa. Ready to jux me up. Like, y'all think I'm playing? I jump up. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, let me tell a story. And I was like, yo, dad. I'm like, calm down. And he was just out of it. Like, he didn't know anything. So I walked out the house, closed the door, locked the door, stood outside for a second, called the home attendant. Because I was like, I'm going to watch him. I'm going to chill, you know? And then, like, 15, 20 minutes later, we open the door. He comes out. He looks at me calm. He was like, you see that guy right there? That's the nicest guy ever. Pointing to me. Almost chopping me up. OJ style. Let me not throw OJ under the bus. It's too late. You just did it. To Yeah, I was the nicest guy. Nicest thing since sliced bread within 15 minutes. He didn't remember the episode. Didn't remember. Didn't remember at all. That was a learning curve. Knives shouldn't have been in the crib anyway. Right. I'm sorry. He had diabetes and you weren't aware? Yeah, like it just hit I what got he you. was, like, he would just grab stuff with people not looking, not even know. Like, That's right. Extra bananas and whatever. And we're like, what the hell's going on? Because he's eating good. 
And then we caught on to it and we were like, oh. Ah. We just altered his diet. You know, most of that is dieting anyway. You know, people put. But what? Okay, but what did you take out? Can you recall the kind of things you took out? We took out, you know, he'll still get rice, but we took maybe half the rice, put in vegetables, a lot of water. A lot was water in his movements, really, because his diet was never really that bad. He had one real bad habit. Like there was a Chinese food place near a buffet place. Those are big in Florida. And he just loved it. And sometimes if we didn't get him something from there, he would go bananas, you know? Yes. Like, all right, once in a while, we need to do this for him. And when we got that diagnosis, we just had to cut it out. Right. You know, we're like, all right, we're going to lie to you and give you vegetables and say it's from the Chinese store. Right. You know? Right. We just going to scorch them a little bit and say, that's soy sauce. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? We went through, I'll say this, with my mom, she, she loves sweets. She's always had a sweet tooth. Research and studies, every neurologist has said that the sweet tooth increases as the disease progresses. So with my mom, I thought, oh, man, this is not going to be good because Mm -hmm. she started out with Mm. 12,000 grams of sugar in her tooth. So where are we going from here? All the caregivers, all my friends, they want to do something good for her and treat her special. Mm -hmm. So they want to bring her cake and cookies. Mm -hmm. Everyone who stops by want to just bring her one brownie, one cookie, one slice of cake. But what I found out, Omar, was everybody was doing it. So Mm -hmm. I travel a ton. Under normal circumstances, I'm gone half of the month. And then I'm trying to figure out what's happening because I don't purchase that at the grocery store. But if everybody is bringing one cookie or one piece of cake, that stuff adds up. And I had to sit everybody Mm -hmm. down and say, listen, I'm not being mean or being a bad person. But if you really love her, are you trying to kill her? Is that what you, is that, tell me how you want to love her. Because adding this much sugar, let me tell you where we're taking her. Because she's getting sugar in the fruit. She's getting sugar in the rice. She's getting sugar in the crackers. She's getting sugar in the bread. And I had to break it down. I was like, listen, hey, I appreciate that you all want my mom to be happy. Because you give my mom a piece of cake or a cookie. Honey, you would think it was new money. Mm-hmm. Big face hundreds. Really? You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. Wow. She is hugging and kissing. And, ooh, thank you so much. Mm, mm, this is so good. I've never had anything this good. She will give you a song and dance that makes you feel like a million dollars. Who doesn't want that kind of affirmation? But I look at them. I'm like, look, first of all, you can't think you love her more than I do. If I thought that cake wouldn't hurt her, <laughs> dude, she could have cake every day for lunch. A whole damn cake. But there is a, an immediate correlation between sugar and poor brain health. So, I, shit, that's, that's out. Yeah. That's out. So, absolutely, I, I get what you're saying. But, dude, that had to be, it was that had to be scary, though. A knife? It was right. the worst. It was the worst. And that's and, your dad. And until we put that in check, his diet in check, there was a rough period. And it just happens that I was down there because he even got hospitalized. Like, it was so bad, like, he had to go to the hospital for a few days. And the hilarious thing about the hospital, I remember when he got admitted. Let's say he stayed in three days. I talked to the nurses and the doctors. I was like, look, he can be a handful. I'm letting you all know that he needs a sitter because, you know, they give people sitters also because I'm like, he will wander. If y'all are not paying attention to him, like, oh, no, we got this, Mr. Hamilton. This is easy. I said, look, 
This is not like anyone else you have had. Right. What happens? The next morning I come back, they're like, oh, thank God the son is here. Oh, he tried to escape and this, that, and the third. And he tried to sweet talk the nurse. And all t- <laughs> I like. I told you. I told y'all. I said, you see what? Y'all, y'all were arrogant yesterday. Yeah. I'm letting you know this is a special case. You know, I told like you. I had to pay the home attendant to come to the hospital. Right. And I was like, look, I pay out of pocket. Unfortunately, he doesn't qualify for anything because the country's healthcare system sucks for seniors. Correct. And my dad does not qualify by $49, but that's a whole nother Woo, podcast. Not so, $49. And of course, his expenses exceed whatever he has coming in from Social Security and what you call it. And Absolutely. I'm the only one flipping the bill for anything, but that's a whole nother. You know, but yeah, we, we got home. three. We have three more episodes to do, Omar, <laughs> yeah, yeah. at some you know? point. Absolutely. And she I had to pay her to come in. That's how we managed him in the hospital. Like they couldn't man, they couldn't deal with him. They couldn't handle him. They didn't know how to talk to him, how to smooth him out, how to deal with him at night. And I had to be like, can you go there and absolutely help him and talk to him and walk him down the hallways back and forth? And right. Make him go to bed and. Even when he's bad, we had to put the things up on the side, like a little gel. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But what I appreciate that what you did and what I do not appreciate about the medical system or or certain hospitals, let me just say that, is Mm -hmm. when you have a family member or Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it's a family member, but if you have someone, an advocate, a care advocate as involved coming with such specific information as you did with Mm -hmm. your dad, Soon as he's admitted, hey, let me tell you very specifically, this is what you need to do. And they brush you off and they say, no, 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 we got it because we're the experts. That really makes me so hot. They've done that before with my mom. I, too, end up sending my home caregivers there to be with her because I say, listen, let me tell you where they get everything wrong with my mom, Omar, is my mother talks as clearly as you and I, she enunciates, her diction is flawless. She's using SAT mental words. What, baby, you would give her, you might put her up for a Nobel Prize if you just took like the first three sentences that she said. Mm-hmm. And you would trust her because she says it with a ton of confidence. Mm-hmm. But she's lying. Okay? <laughs> she is absolutely lying. Yeah. It's all a lie. It is all a lie. You cannot believe anything coming out of her mouth. And that's what I tried to tell them. And I'm saying she does not follow verbal cues. You cannot tell her anything. You have to engage her physically. So, like, if you want her to stand up, you have to just kind of reach for her hand and start to pull her gently. And her body weight, she will move with you. But if you just say stand up, she'll say, okay. But she won't move because she doesn't always register that verbal command. So whatever it is, they say to eat, go to the bathroom, brush your teeth. It's time to swallow your pills. She doesn't do it. Then they believe she's being difficult because she talks so clearly and she says, okay, but she doesn't do it. So then they register her as a hard case. And, you know, once they say a hard case, then they don't come yeah. in as often. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Then they're not mm-hmm. as kind to you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, mm-hmm. what you don't want is me in here on you like yeah. that. You don't yeah, really yeah, want yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah, number of yeah. times that that happens, I'm like, Nate, you can't believe her words. She has Alzheimer's. 
She's advanced. They don't know what the hell that means. The number of working nurses in hospitals that don't really know how to interact with an Alzheimer's patient is abysmal. Yeah. It could be doctors sometimes, too. It's true. He had a neurologist that was great, and he had a partner in his practice. So the one that I love just retired, and we had a bond because he went through the same thing with his mom. So I was so comfortable with him. Then he left, and I had to deal with the partner. And I'll never forget this. This is when I stopped going. We were in there once, and, you know, they want to try out these new drugs on people. He asked my dad. He's like, do you want to try this drug? And I'm on my head. I'm like, first of all, I'm sitting right here. You're a damn neurologist and know that he got dementia and is far gone, and you asking him if he want to try something. Man, I wanted to snatch that man up. I like, yo, I wanted to see y'all get Jamaica. That's one of the bucks that man up. I'm like, yo, what? I'm looking at him. I'm like, are you serious? I like, hold up. Aston Kutcher is about to jump out of the side somewhere, right? I like, <laughs> right. I'm real? getting punked Did for he sure. Really ask that? I like what? I, that was it. I like that's it. I that's like, it. We're done. done. This is done. We're I like done. Done. His partner would have never asked that, but I'm like, he ain't here now. Right. You know. That's right. The number of times that we hear. The medical community say mm-hmm. we need the family to be more involved. We need more patient advocates. We don't, you know, we only have 10 or 15 minutes to speak with the patient before we have to move on. We need you all to come with your loved ones, especially seniors, mm-hmm. to tell us what's happening. And then Omar and Jay Smiles, we show up and we tell you and you freaking ignore it. And yeah, so I- that's the purpose. That's another part of very big pillar of the Parenting Up podcast community is to say, hey, while we are fighting for a cure and supporting caregivers, we are also spreading awareness so that nurses and doctors and legislators can understand you all have to do a better job at educating yourselves. If you're going to treat our loved ones, Mm -hmm. this is what we're going to need. I don't think I should ever have a problem spending the night at any hotel, anywhere, because my mother has Alzheimer's. Excuse me, not a hotel, at any hospital. Mm-hmm. I should have all, I should never have a problem. If there's a restroom, I don't care. It's supposed to be one person at a time going to the restroom. Mm-hmm. At any restaurant, on an airplane, I'm squeezing in there with her. Mm-hmm. At any case, there should be, hey, she has Alzheimer's. I got to go wherever she goes. There needs to be this just general mm-hmm. breakthrough on how the world treats them and the expectation of they always have a handler. Absolutely. Let's treat them like superstars. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Beyonce Absolutely. always get a handler. How come my mama can't get one? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know? So, well, baby, this has been a fantastic Fantastic conversation. I appreciate you sharing, you opening up your heart, telling us about your story, about your dad, about your family, how you all are creating a, how you, how the village continues to come together day after day, week after week to make sure Daddy Hamilton is okay and that his quality of life is as best it can be under the circumstances. You have any parting words? Two things that I said that I need to embed that okay study know what it is do your research on what it is um, you could google all day but it's best to really talk to someone also that is going through it or has gone through it and realize that you can't do everything 
and you can't do everything yourself. I know a lot of people that started and they moved their parents in with them with no help. And I'm like, you're heading for disaster. You yes. Know, you need help. You Absolutely. Know, I mentioned me, my aunt, the caregivers, my mom, my stepdad, some other aunts that jumped in. Like, it takes a village. Just know you. there's no way you can't do it yourself. That's and correct. And you're doing your best. Don't beat yourself up. I'm still not listening to myself at times, but try not to beat yourself up that much because you're doing your best. And the good Lord is paying attention to, to everything. I love it. That is yeah. the best way I know to end this episode Absolutely. of the Parenting Up Podcast, Caregiving Adventures with Comedian Jay Smiles. Thanks, Omar. Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely, hey, sweetheart. You, you know, Parenting Up family, I'm so excited to share this milestone with you. This is episode 25. We are in 20 countries with well over 3,000 downloads in such a niche category. Alzheimer's and dementia for caregivers. Wow. Thank you all so very much. I'm going to take a little bit of a break, probably about two months. Please continue to push the podcast to your friends, your family. Tag them. Let me know if there are particular segments or topics that you want me to hit in the next phase. I'll do my best. Caregivers. Self-care is the best care. While you're parenting up, don't forget to snuggle up. The snuggle up, number one. Help your family members and friends by documenting the decline that you see in your LO. Early on, maybe take short videos or voice recordings so that they can hear and witness for themselves these things that just aren't quite right. That will help you prove your point that you're not just being dramatic or you're not blowing things out of proportion. It's hard, it's tough on everyone to witness the once strong leader of the family or even the calm, steady person start to decline. Help them out, give them proof. It'll be easier on all of you. Number two, lean into your LO's old personality. I love how Omar used his dad's affinity for the ladies and keeping them happy to get him to move, to clean up his place, to get new shoes. Hey, whatever it takes, use it. Number three, get your own set of Alzheimer's advisors. Google is not going to take you but so far. If you recall, I referenced Moogling being my top thing. It takes me way further than Google ever could. Find out who in your network has experience with Alzheimer's, with some form of dementia, so you can ask them questions that pop up that you don't really even know how to pose to the medical community, to doctors or nurses or what have you. Just tell them, hey, you know what? What should I expect? What's gonna happen next? It is invaluable to just put your mind at ease and get you ready for what's to come next. Number four, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you've gotten one single tidbit of help or support, please share it, spread the word, click on it, send the link to someone, it will help. 
You are my marketing budget. Yep. Thank you. Number five, join us every Monday night for our live streaming show on GetVocal.com. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the United States. Cannot wait to see you, chat with you, hear your questions and your comments about caregiving. Also, sign up for our Parenting Up email list. Both have details in the show notes. That's it for now. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe for continuous caregiving tips, tricks, trends, and truth. Pretty, pretty please with sugar on top. Share and review it too. I'm a comedian. Alzheimer's is heavy, but we ain't gotta be.